like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to That Early Childhood Nerd. We're glad you came back for another episode with us. Um, I'm Heather Burnt-Sancy, and my guest today is Carol Murray. Carol, would you tell people about yourself? Hello. I am an early childhood educator. I live upstate New York, not too far up, but um, in the Hudson River Valley. Uh And I've been working with young children for many, many years. And um, I'm doing a lot of writing and training, but I primarily am running a program on a campus with a bunch of three and four and five-year-olds. Uh-huh. Um, so I wanted, I want to just mention that we originally started talking about recording together because you have a book that will be coming out. Yes. And, and I, we're going to, we'll get to that. I hope you'll record with me again and be more, more specifically aimed at that. But today um, we thought it might be timely to talk about um, caring and care during um, these times that we're in the middle of now with the, with the coronavirus Mm -hmm. um, and the pandemic and the the actions we're being forced to take and think about and the decisions we're being asked to make. So, um, so we have a a quote to start this conversation. Um, Carol sent me this quote actually, as we were planning for the recording and um, it's, this is coming from Nell Noddings and in a minute she'll tell you all about who that is. Um, But the quote is just this. um, Oh, uh, care is not soft and mushy. Care is the strong backbone of society. Yeah. Um, and I know that's what a lot of your writing has been sort of centered on, even outside of the, the mm-hmm. crisis that we're in now. But talk about why you think this fits. Yes, I think that a lot of the things I've been talking about, about care being at the hub, the, the strong backbone, the, the resiliency of our communities, um, is being highlighted right now, right? Mm-hmm. We are, we're finding out who the essentials are and we're finding out that we're connected, mm-hmm. that independence is a myth. Right. <laughs> we need each other. Yeah. And we're finding out that, um, you know, 
I don't know how, how it's been going in your state, but in my state, when all the public schools closed, nothing was said about childcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- here either. In fact, I still haven't heard. Um, I know there was a meeting. So I should say we're recording this on uh, March 18th. So by the time this airs in a week and a half, yes. the world could be different again. Yeah. But um, yeah, in Indiana, I don't think that they've done any official closings of childcare. Play- I know some are, but I th- and they've, they've distributed some information to help make decisions. But, I, but there hasn't been a mandate or anything yes. like that. Yes. And it's been very confusing in New York as well. Yeah. Um, of course, the public schools closed. And um, it was really interesting to see the, the conversation with the leaders. Um, they were really confused. Oh, I don't care. Oh, is that the same as school? Um, mm-hmm. What should we do? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, if we're going to shut down businesses, then, or if we're going to keep businesses open, then we must have childcare open. If we're going to um, respond to the needs of our communities, the nurses, the doctors, mm-hmm. the, the people who are cleaning the buildings. I mean, everyone that is essential right now that we need childcare. Right. But there wasn't any guidance about who, how we should do that, who should be doing that, what emergency childcare would look like. Yeah. So it's been hard to get in the conversation and get at the table. with. Yeah, and I think just because we sort of, as a, as a field operate in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no one as proactive as people were trying to be, no one thought, Oh, what about childcare? Yes. Until parents, I think probably started saying, well, what do I do then? <laughs> um, and, and schools started to say things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, so the other, the other thing that I've seen pop up is um, just sort of random offers on Facebook to take care of children Mm-hmm. and people who are out of work and think they can just load their house up yes. with children and having those, those conversations yeah. is difficult because I understand the need, mm-hmm. but also I understand the importance of the work and that it can't just be done by filling a house full of mm-hmm. children and having somebody there who, you know, is nice. Right. <laughs> right. So care, you know, we, we have this assumption that anyone can care and mm-hmm. that, and that, but, but we know that to care, we need, it's uh, caring is an honorable profession. We need to have a lot of skill, a lot of knowledge. And in this time of crisis, what I am saying is we need to be our best. We need mm-hmm. to do it better than ever because right now we are showing that we are essential. We are on the front line. We are arms opened, accepting babies, toddlers. And this is not a work where we practice social distancing where that. <laughs> It's not really possible. You know, the research is saying that babies and toddlers carry this this scary um, virus. Um, And we have to be careful um, about the spread. Um, We know that we have their germs all over us when we care for them. And and that's just going to be um, the way it is. So a lot Mm -hmm. of people are, are, are... open arms, but I, I'm just cautioning people to also take care of themselves, you know? Sure. We, we have, yeah. I mean, that's, that's an element of the conversation when people are saying, oh, I'm out of work, so I can just do this, but mm-hmm. you have to be safe too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we sort of jumped, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you, yes. but we sort of jumped into the conversation pretty quickly without defining what we mean when you and I are talking about care in this conversation, um, because it's, it's more than just that custodial I'll keep you alive until your parents come at the end of the day. Um, So can you talk about that a little bit? Definitely. So when I, um, 
when I first became interested in, in thinking more about care, it was because I had spent my life, I mean, pr pretty much my career, I had children late in life. So I was really, um, really involved in um, early education, care, therapeutic environments, uh, early intervention, but really working with zero to five population. And then there was a change in my life where I moved to Boston and I got a job in the public school. And so I started working with older kids um, for a few years and I really missed the young ones. Mm -hmm. And my heart calling is really early childhood. So after being in the public school with even you know, young kids, kindergarten, first, second graders, I, as soon as I could, I went back to work with toddlers. And because of that transition, having been with older kids and then back with toddlers, I had this contrast and mm -hmm. it gave me some time to think about why do I love the working with the youngest? And one morning I was, um, I think I was standing on the playground and a, a father had just handed me his toddler and, you know, I was helping with that separation and peeling the fingers <laughs> off the yes. lapel and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so the child was really clinging to me and crying. I was comforting him. There's another child leaning against my leg and we, you know, we, it was just this very physical. And I thought, this is so different than, than public school. Yeah. There's this physical contact right now. And I thought to myself, Oh, would would my colleagues in public school see me as a teacher now? What 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 is what is that I'm doing right now that is educational? Mm -hmm. And in that moment of pondering these physical acts of care, which we often consider custodial, you know, I realized that it is the seed of relationship. This physical care, the rubbing the backs, the changing the diapers, the wiping the noses, the holding the hands, it is very intimate in early childhood. Mm -hmm. And it is very honorable and it requires a code of dignity and respect. And it does require you to know many things, not only about child development, but also about the children in your care. Mm -hmm, right. So I started to think about how can I how can I talk about care as a pedagogy? You know, because it seems what I was hearing was, oh, you know, we're not babysitters. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, that's true. We're not babysitters. We are professionals. Babysitters might, you know, watch kids after school for an hour here or mm -hmm. there. They're still doing important work. Um, we're professionals, but let's not give the message that that physical custodial care is not part of our work. Mm -hmm. It is an essential practice that, you know, this idea that education is math and science and puzzles and calendars yeah. and that care is separate, uh, care is custodial, is, is not true because yeah. children don't know if they're, and, and actually I would say care is probably more important because yeah. the pathway to the brain is through the body and the child's concept of, of himself as a learner is being developed by the way we respond to the child's bodily needs. Mm -hmm. um, so... How do we elevate care? How do we unite care with education? Mm -hmm. How do we help um, society and teachers and parents understand that care is is education? Yeah, and I th I think in this in this time, um, you know, we're in this pandemic and we're all trying to be home alone, and it's going to make relationship stuff a lot harder. But I think this is when we need to have that message more than ever that. Um, these children need to experience that care. Yes. And um, before you worry about online options to keep their schooling going mm -hmm. or activities to keep them busy while they're home with you, or can we keep them on a schedule to be consistent with school or whatever, 
we really need to pull back from that, not to devalue it completely, but this is a time for us to really be vocal about what we know about relationships and connection and the physical aspects of caring about each other. Um, It's so important. I mean, parents are so, they get so many messages about, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, quality time and, and enrichment. Mm -hmm. And, and certainly there's a lot of wonderful resources we can find for our children um, in terms of the lessons that they can take and, and all the extracurricular things that help them grow. But we know that it is around those caring rituals that they are learning the most mm-hmm. about who they are and who yeah. we are. And, and, and it's, it's good for us too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't just mm-hmm. about, I mean, obviously it's, it's very much a part uh, about the children and how they're experiencing this, but it's, it's something we experience too. And when we're changing our focus, and I love that you were used the word honorable mm-hmm. um, to, to discuss the importance of this kind of care. Um, we, we cannot not be impacted ourselves. It's so important because care, and I'm thinking a lot about healthy care. Mm-hmm. It's not about entanglement. It's not about being a servant to your child. Mm-hmm. It's not about giving all of yourself. It is a balance. It is a conversation. It is a partnership. Mm-hmm. So you will be receiving, right? You will be receiving as you care. And if we can slow down and get out of that mentality that we've got to get through the bath, we've got to get through the meal, we've got to get through the cubby time and get those coats on and get those kids outside. If we can slow down, then we can give ourselves a gift. Yeah. Yeah. We take a little pressure off of ourselves. You know, we don't have to. We don't have to get through the cubby time to get to circle because circle time is where we're going to do the teaching. No, we're doing the teaching right there, right in every there. moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so now I want to circle back, kind of mm-hmm. to um, to the conversation about the way that uh, the coronavirus crisis issue, whatever we want to call it, is is shining a light on the work that we do every day. Um, uh, one of one of the most difficult things I think is we're in people doing the work know how important it is and we know that the other people can't go do their work without us doing ours. Yes. Um, so so figuring out that balance like there's almost a, I don't want to say a martyr but there's like a sacrifice to being part of our profession and we joke about it all the time we're not here to get rich and we're not here to be famous or whatever but. But now it, I think it really does shine a light on why are we really doing the work yes. and, and what is our commitment to what we're doing. And um, so, so honestly, I'm just saying I keep going back and forth between that and, but we have to be safe and we have to keep ourselves healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I guess I'm just going to spit all that out and let you respond. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going back and forth too. Yeah. I, I, I feel that, yes, it, right now we have this highlight that we are essential, that we are doing essential work, that we are connected, that we are interdependent, you know, that, that dependency is a human condition. And, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that we will be able to talk about our work in new ways, um, because like you said, it's been invisible. We've been invisible mm-hmm. for many years. And usually when systems are working pretty well, they are invisible, right? Yeah. Um, but especially so in the work of caring for other people, because it's ha- it has this ephemeral nature. We don't really always have something to show for it. Mm-hmm. So right now, 
if we try to think of the, the principles of care in terms of what is healthy care, and remember that care is a partnership, that we probably are going to have to have one hand out and open and receiving and the other hand up mm -hmm. and, and sort of um, thinking about our boundary. What is our boundary right now? Mm -hmm. And that's really what I've been fighting for in our community that, you know, when one thing that happened was that there people were applying for waivers, the state was granting waivers. Oh, like for ratios and things yes, like that? Yes, mm -hmm. to lift, to lift yeah. regulatory standards, to lift ratios, to lift capacity. And um, I, I've really been fighting against that. This yeah. is not the time. The, 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 the regulations are a minimum standard. Yeah. And this is not the time to lift our standard, to lift yeah. our, 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 our regulations. We need to strengthen our standards. We need to somehow find ways to care for children in smaller groups uh -huh. um, for perhaps shorter hours during mm -hmm. the day. If it means we have need more people on our team to support us. Um, that we need to be giving each other breaks, emotional breaks and physical breaks, um, that there needs to be some ways to bolster the care of the caregiver right now. Yeah. Um, and to think about incredible value that we're giving to society as we care for young children so that we can, we can support the frontline people, um, and also, are we are we receiving in return? Are we are we being even named? I mean, I've been saying, please name childcare providers when you list the frontline yeah. people. Absolutely. Please name, us. please name us and acknowledge us, and 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 keep having this conversation. That yes, we need the nurses and the doctors, and the nurses and the doctors can't get to work unless we have the childcare people. I'm hoping that people in my age bracket can help too. You know, I have teenagers, um, and as as we see how things go in the next few days, I don't want to ask my teachers with young children to come do the work. I'm hoping that we can protect the people who are home with young children or the people mm -hmm. who are home with elders. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of between there. Um, so there are going to be some people that, that, that maybe feel like they are in a position to, to step up now and others who we have to protect them and respect them with compromised immune systems with yeah. babies and, and, and children at home or elders that they're caring for. The thing is about the caring industry is that we all have lots of people counting on us right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so no decisions are easy right. because there's so many stakeholders yes. um, and stakeholders with really big feelings about how it's all going. Um, and as you were talking, I was, I was thinking about, you know, we've already talked about how as a field, we really feel invisible sometimes, but even if we go deeper, I think I've got so many friends who do family childcare and are doing it in their homes. And if, mm -hmm. if we, who have been, you know, primarily working in centers that are, you know, have big signs and we, people recognize us feel invisible, how must that person in her home or his home feel um, and they're in that smaller group number now too so even as the recommendations come out that say you know no groups larger than 10 or whatever mm -hmm. well what my group is eight so where does that put me I'm, where does that put me I had I had a friend um, call me today and she said I'm trying to get some help from my licensor but 
she's working remotely and she's not allowed to go into childcare centers right now. So <laughs> oh my goodness. Here, I am, here I am in my home with a few kids uh-huh. support and I don't even. And the support's it, forbidden from no, coming. No. Yeah. People are joking about the waivers, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're applying for, to break the rules basically, but no one is, is going to be checking on us right now. That's true. <laughs> people who are supposed to be protecting us are protecting themselves. They can't get to us right now. I mean, so there's a lot of strange things happening. Yeah. It's a wild, it's a wild time to be alive. That's for sure. I just have to shift from this, this, this hierarchical thinking, to Mm -hmm. more network thinking, more partnership thinking. Um, It's not, um, it's just not healthy until we can, we can really break free from the from the hierarchical mm-hmm. uh, sort of authoritative uh, ways of thinking about the way, how society works. Right, revealed right now that, that the essential people are at the hub, and um, how can we value them? How can we find emergency funding to save their businesses? How can we give them hazardous pay? You know, these are going to be the conversations that we need to have um, mm-hmm. to show our value. Yeah. Care. Absolutely. Okay. So, so Carol, you sent me um, in the email as we were planning for this again. One of the other things you talked about was a letter that you had written to the editor of your of your newspaper. Can you share a little bit about what you sure. what you did with that letter? Oh yeah, I think that was it was on Friday night. I think, and it seems like like a year ago. Right. right? <laughs> we're both exhausted from all the constant updates and, and yeah. all the revolving uh, recommendations. But I, um, that was on Friday afternoon when everyone was talking about the schools closing. Mm-hmm. And we were with our parents um, at the end of the day at our child care center. And many of them were saying, oh, thank God, please go home, stay <laughs> home. And other people were saying, what? You're not going to be here to now. The schools are closing. That doesn't mean you're closing, right? I mean, uh-huh. how, so there was this this really mixture, and we we were spinning too. And I had that, that such an internal conflict. I want to be here. One of the parents is a pharmacist, and she said, "You know, I have I have been working 10, 12 hour days. Mm-hmm. People are trying to get their meds, and they're trying to hoard their meds, and they're mm-hmm. angry at me because I can't. And so I'm thinking of people like her, and I, I she's pregnant, and she has a, a four year old in our program. I'm thinking, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And other people were um so it was that crazy that crazy feeling but when i got home i just had so many emails and phone calls no one really knew what to knew what to do mm-hmm. and then like you said all the all these all the programs the big programs the head starts and the upks and all those mm-hmm. um college based programs most of them were closing yeah um, because and and these are the teachers who have more of a guaranteed salary and sick days and and so mm-hmm. my heart was really heavy for the home Childcare yeah. people who don't have a margin and their businesses are suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the letter I wrote was just saying, you know, please, childcare people need protections. We need to be listing them and, and naming them as we talk about the essential workers. We need clear guidance, and we do not want to lift reg- regulatory standards. We want to improve standards. We want to be at the table when decisions are made in our towns about how to implement. There's some. Some some of the towns are talking about pop up child cares and libraries. Or mm-hmm. um, we 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 are the experts. We are the professionals. We are here. Our our arms are open. But we need to be. We need to have your clear communication and leadership right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it. We have. I've been listening to lots of um, town hall meetings and 
uh, press conferences, you know, um, updates every every four to six hours, and it just it was taking a long time for anyone even to mention childcare. Yeah, so, it usually to- usually is. But- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I have a whole list of reasons. I feel like that's probably the case, but that's in a whole other episode probably. Um, so I'm so glad you wrote that. I mean, that's really, um, important to get out there and I hope that other people will, will consider following your lead and doing those kinds of small Mm -hmm. steps of advocacy. Mm -hmm. Um, because this is, I mean, I don't, it sounds weird to say, but this is our moment. (laughs) Like this is when we can really say it is. Remember all these years we've been asking you to listen to us? Well, here's why. This is kind of what we were. (laughs) We are the strong backbone. We are holding up society. We are allowing all the important work to get done. Yeah. Love being here for you. We love being a part of your family. We love being the the infrastructure that allows um, us to build a strong society. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we need to be seen and recognized and we need to be valued and our whole, and our whole society is going to be better if we can value. You know, Absolutely. We know, we know it's primarily women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it is, uh, we could say it's a women's issue. And, and that's one of the reasons yeah. I got interested in, in nail noddings is because when she first started writing, she was working with Carol Gilligan and they were talking about sort of feminist ethics and how women make decisions and how mm-hmm. women live their lives um, and, and, and this sort of code of ethics that originates from care, mm-hmm. um, from caring for others, for being responsible for others, for, for putting okay. others first and entering into those relationship-based decision-making um, partnerships. So, so um, that first quote that we started out, that was Nell Noddings, and mm-hmm. I had the privilege to meet her this summer. She's 90 years old and she's still writing. And I told her, you know, it's, um, this is something we don't talk a lot about in our, even in our profession, it's Mm -hmm. assumed, care is assumed. We can outline how we're teaching math, how we're teaching science, what pre-literacy looks like, but people aren't really discussing what care looks like. Um, how we practice it as professionals, mm-hmm. how we implement these these qualities, these principles of partnership. Um, and she said, well, don't talk about it. Don't, don't tell people that you want to talk about care because you want to take good care of kids. Of course you want to do that. But talk about it more as a moral ethic because it mm. is a code by which we can live. Yeah. And so I, um, I've been thinking a lot about that right now. The yeah. care by with by which we can live and then I've been thinking about how are we treating the people in the grocery stores and um, I even had a conversation in the parking lot with a family the the cleaning um, person was entering the building uh-huh. we um, a wonderful cleaning person named Celine she was entering the building while I was exiting and the little four-year-old said mommy why is why is she going in when school is closed and the mom said oh this is this is Celine she's the person who cleans the building at night and and the parent had this wonderful conversation with Celine and said this is my daughter and 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 the daughter why are you but 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 do you live here you know the daughter, <laughs> yeah how does the building get clean and so there was a conversation about this invisible work that happens yeah. when we're home. And Celine is making sure our building is safe and our, making sure our building is beautiful. And she's got the vacuum in the closet. And the child was fascinated to learn this behind the scenes. And I thought, what a perfect example of the interconnectedness and how dependent we are upon each other, mm-hmm. but how we often don't acknowledge yeah. how much we need each other. Yeah. And, and this, you know, even if 
all the years that women have supported men and supported children and and have just been the infrastructure that that allows all of us to be successful yeah you know definitely it's it's a long topic <laughs> we could just get deeper and deeper but i've added i've added Nell noddings to my quarantine reading list now i'm going to start looking at looking up uh what i can find from her uh because that um because I've not heard about her before. Um, So is there any, I guess, just last little bit that you would want to leave folks with? You've, you've shared so much already and I'm excited for people to listen to this, but just like a, a parting shot. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's caring. And I want you to think about care over the whole circle of life. And, you know, we are experts at care because we have this opportunity to analyze care, the original care, the nucleus of care, which is at the beginning of life. Mm -hmm. But we also know that throughout our life at different times, we will be in different caring roles. We'll be caring for our parents who are aging. Perhaps we already are. Our parents will be caring for us. We We will be connected to our children in different ways as we grow old and as Mm -hmm. they grow old. So caring is this, um, caring is what makes us human. And at the beginning of life and end of life, there's a vulnerability. So the type of care that that really young children need and really old people need is more physical. Mm -hmm. But that is only a symbol of the kind of ways that we are all connected through the whole circle of life. And I don't like to think of it as an arch anymore, because I think that 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 gives us this image that there's this over the hill thing that yeah yeah <laughs> we're all trying to get to this adulthood thing right I mean, uh, because I think each stage of life holds such incredible developmental challenges and mm-hmm. intelligence the young child holds a special intelligence the adult holds a special intelligence the teenager holds a special intelligence the elder holds a special intelligence mm-hmm. and we all need each other in different ways and yeah. if we can start thinking about care as as the strong backbone yeah. That, builds our society. Yeah. And then that just becomes our habit of thought. And so in those moments when it is really um, more, the, now, the need is more pronounced or, you know, that whether that's young children or the elderly or someone in crisis today in front of me who was fine yesterday, yeah. that will just be such a habit for us to respond in that way, to, mm-hmm. to be that backbone of care. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like I said, it just cannot, it can't help but touch us. Yes. As, as we're touching others. So I think yes, yes. Um, I just really thank you for sharing all of that. Mm. And I'm hoping care will bring, will make care attractive as we talk about it in these ways. And we, we'll, we'll invite men into care. Men yeah. are our partners, right? Dads are partners now. My husband was an amazing partner, mm-hmm. baby, diapering and all that. So that's changed in our lifetime. Yes. Um, so how can we, how can we talk about, about gender and care. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we just talk about care as a human? We don't want to deprive anyone from the joy of caring. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, no, really, I just can't wait for people to listen to this conversation. <laughs> so thank you so much, Carol, for being on. I'm thinking of you all and thank you for the care you are giving mm-hmm. to the world. Yeah. Right yeah. And, and, and Nessa Mandela has a, a care blessing. He says, he said, um, um, let us take care of the children, for they have a long ways to go. Let us take care of the elders, for they have come a long ways. And let mm-hmm. us take care of everyone in between, because we are doing all the work. 
I thought that <laughs> That's was nice. a perfect ending. It right? is. It really is. Thank you. Um, and thank you all for listening to another episode. Carol, hopefully we'll have you on again because I have all kinds of things I want to talk to you about. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Everyone have a good rest of your, of your quarantine <laughs> and we'll all come out stronger at the end of it. Goodbye, everyone. That's the show. Now go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.